And you're listening to the Pumping Podcast. Hey, mamas, welcome back on this Wednesday, and thank you so much for tuning in. This week, I have a really special mama for you because she's going to be super, super relatable to you. I just know it. Are you a mama who is a brand spanking new mama? You maybe just had a baby, or you're a month in, six months in, or have you had your baby for a while? Has it been nine months, or a year, or two years, or five? and you're still just not happy with the way that you look? Well, Corey is here to encourage you and to let you know that it doesn't have to be some sort of unrealistic goals that you're trying to achieve. Corey is super, super relatable. She does workouts in her kitchen, in a hallway. It's crazy, you have to check her out on Instagram. She's a fitness trainer, nutrition coach. She has a pregnancy workout program and she's currently working on a postpartum workout program because she herself has her hands full with two little ones running around. And she is here to show you how it can be easily done and don't put so much stress on yourself. So I hope she encourages you to stay fit and healthy and don't feel overwhelmed with getting it perfect. Here's Corey. Good morning, Corey. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. I'm so excited to chat with you and hear your story. I'm so excited to be here. Amazing. First of all, where are you joining us from? Um, I am um, from Chicagoland area. So uh, I'm just north of Chicago. So Midwest all the way. Yeah. I love your little accent too. My uh, <laughs> best friend is actually from a south suburb of Chicago. So it's, it's reminding me of her. I love it so much. Um, and where are you? Are you in a peaceful house today? Of course. I'm just in a nice peaceful house. Um, with a closed door because my husband and kids are on the other side. (laughs) (laughs) I can't believe how quiet it is. It's amazing. Yeah. He's, he's pretty, uh, he's got things on lockdown pretty well. So, um, it works out, you know, I, um, I was gone for doing some work a little bit and came home and he's got everything covered as always. So it's quite wonderful. He's an awesome dad. Well, tell him I say thank you. And I appreciate it. (laughs) (laughs) I will. So let's dive back into the past a little bit before uh, you became a mom and tell us what, what was like life for Corey back then before kids, before marriage even? Oh gosh. Um, well, my husband and I have actually been together for 13, almost 14 years. So um, before marriage would really honestly still bring me back to a place of me being with my husband, just yeah. dating. Um, Cause we've been together for so long, but um life for me was, um, we went through college. Um, I landed into the corporate world and, um, I actually found myself just growing through the corporate world that way. And I've always had a really strong passion for fitness, um, and working out and those types of things. But as we all know, as we grow up, um, we start to give up some things that maybe mattered to us once before for other things that matter. And my career really took off and I took a ton of time to really invest in myself within the work world. Um, I graduated college. I actually did, uh, got my bachelor's in three and a half years, um, wow. <laughs> in different chunks. Yeah. Uh, I worked full time and I took an overload. Um, so once I was able to graduate college and, um, worked in the corporate world, I got promoted to being a general manager. I was working somewhere between 60 to 80 hours a week, just depending on um, oh my gosh. Close to the holiday season or whatnot. So I kind of was like a little slave driver. Sometimes I'd wake up at four in the morning and I wouldn't be home until, you know, eight, nine, 10 o'clock at night. And then I'd wake up the next day to do it all over again. Um, and did it feel like that was just part of you or were you pushing yourself for that? Um, both. So it just is part of who I am and, um, everything I do, I just push myself to be the best I can possibly be in any and everything. Um, but at the same time, it was also like, but I need to do this in order to be this good. It was, it was half of me feeling the need to, to fit the bill, so to say. And the other half of me was, this is who I am. And I pour myself into everything I do and as much of myself as I can. So I was just 
driving myself a little bit batty without realizing it. Um, so then I finally kind of had, had this epiphany moment. I started realizing that I had given so much of myself to work that I had let go of the one thing that always kept me sane. I was a runner since, um, elementary school. I actually had a gym teacher who uh, convinced me into, um, running being a great passion because I showed her how much I loved it. And that's actually where my fitness journey began was actually as a kid. And then in college somewhere, I went from working out to kind of working out to never because I just truly didn't have the time energy and I couldn't apply myself to something like that. And I then had this big moment and what went, I haven't gone running in, I couldn't even remember the last time. You know, I wanted to say a year, uh, six months, but I truly couldn't even pinpoint what it was. And I had this moment of why did I let go a piece of me that meant so much? So that's actually when I turned myself around a little bit and said, I'm going to start making time for fitness. So um, I took up fitness and uh, again, and more weightlifting. And I started actually coaching um, some friends after I started doing some great things. And then I decided that I was going to pursue my personal training. So just as I had gone through school and um, worked, worked an overload as well as full time and, you know, doing both, I then decided that I was going to work full time and take on this extra bit of getting back into what made me the most happy in my life. Um, and it was really quite awesome. Just a great way to, to start diving into things. And then, um, really who I became before, you know, before marriage and everything was, um, that just that woman who was waking up way, you know, if I had to be up at four in the morning before I was getting up at two 30, literally two 30 AM to get a workout in because I knew it actually made me my best version of myself. Um, and actually it was allowing me to decide, you know what, I don't need to stay as late to stay at work tonight. I'm going to get that done tomorrow. And it allowed me to kind of realign my priorities to make sure that I could show up to be the best person that I possibly was by making my workout a priority. It allowed everything else to kind of suit in line. So, yeah. <laughs> so for those who are listening, I'm chatting with Corey Teresi and she is a fit mama that you can find on Instagram at Corey Teresi Fitness, and uh, her website as well is CoreyTeresiFitness.com. And I'll put all of this in the show notes. But clearly, it's just something that seemed like it was a part of you from the beginning. And before we dive into your mom life, I just wanted to say that I think the coolest thing about your Instagram, because it truly is a story, what what you're putting up there and how you're reaching out to your audience. And what I think the coolest thing is about you is you are just a true everyday mom. So you're putting up videos in working out in a hallway, working out in your kitchen, working out with your babies there, picking up your babies out of the crib and doing squats. Like it's the coolest thing because are you the type of person that's like, the front page model fitness girl. No, but you're healthy and you're fit and you're strong. And I think that's almost something that more moms can relate to because you are that everyday mom. And I think that's really, really inspiring because I think sometimes we think about fitness and I love to work out. I'm working out all the time and I lift weights and I do all of that stuff. And when I become a mom, I hope to be that way as well. But um, I think oftentimes we look at fitness and we look at some of these people that we follow and they're just so high up on this pedestal. Don't you agree? I could not agree more. Yeah. And I feel like, I feel like as we see them, especially, you know, they're up on this pedestal and maybe they, who knows, maybe they have some sort of financial benefit and all that, you know, they can spend all their time working out 24 seven. Maybe they have, babysitters who can take care of their kids for a majority of the day so they can get to the gym. Maybe they just have a really fast metabolism. Maybe they, you know, who knows what it is. There's so many different factors, but what I really wanted to focus on with you today and in, in hearing your story is that any mom out there who's listening, I think can relate to you because 
You're just truly an everyday mom. And I mean that from the most genuine place. Um, but I think you're really inspiring because of that specifically. I love that. That makes me so happy because that is exactly what I want to portray to the world, to be honest. I think the biggest thing is, um, it's really funny. So I talked a little bit, obviously just now about my journey before having kids and being fit and all of that. But to be honest, I've actually been told after having kids, people think I am more fit than I've ever been in my entire life, which is crazy because (laughs) I'm putting less time in at the gym. I am putting in, it's like when my daughter, so I have two kids. So when my daughter was born, I was able to go to the gym a little bit. Um, I put her, I literally put her in the car seat carrier and brought her in. And if we were doing a circuit that day um, with my fellow trainers, um, we were literally, I was going from station to station, carrying her in a circuit from station to station to get my workout in (laughs) with other trainers at the same time, just to get a workout in. Right. But as my daughter got bigger and she started to become mobile. I mean, my son now is four, almost five months old, and I'm, I'm having the same epiphany moment of he's starting to become really mobile. Of course, he's not really crawling or anything, but they need so much more attention. And that's the time where I started to not really be able to go to the gym. And if I'm lucky, I get one day a week at the gym by myself. I get an uninterrupted workout, 100%, maybe one day a week. Okay. And that's really tough, but my biggest thing is I don't think moms need to be able to feel that they have to go to the gym. Or like you said, I see all the time on Instagram, moms drop their kids off at, um, any, you know, corporate gym or anything like that. They, they drop them off at the the daycare for two hours and they go and work out for two hours. I don't know what mom, what everyday mom has two hours to just say, I'm going to go drop off my kids and get in a two hour workout. It's going to be what it's going to be. And it's great. And that's not realistic. Not every mom can do that. 30 minutes max within your home, within what you have, whether it's one dumbbell, whether it's just your baby, you're just your body weight. There's so many things and so many results that you can find. And that's the thing. I like to work out. I worked out yesterday in the middle of my kitchen because That's what was functional from where I got my son to sleep and where I had my daughter comfortable so I could get a workout in. And the whole thing is, is it doesn't matter. I could be on my stairs and find something to make happen because I want to move and I know it's going to make me be the best mom that I can. But I know that's where the situation that most moms are in that situation. Most moms are running around doing 15 different things. And just to get their workout in, they don't need to stress out about leaving their house. They don't need to stress out about buying all this equipment. They just need to appreciate what they have right in front of them and say, I can take 10 minutes to do this and feel great about myself. And that's the big message I want to get across. It doesn't need to be a half an hour, two hours. It needs to be what works for you in your life, but it's all possible. It is all possible. And that is the biggest thing. And I love that I'm the everyday mom showing other moms that it is possible. Yeah. And I think, you know, social media sometimes it's so funny because you can have that dynamic of the perfect blogger or influencer or whatever, you know, but then you can have the other side to that, which is just the everyday. And I think a lot of moms especially will gravitate towards that. One, it makes me think of one of my favorite sayings, which is don't get it perfect, just get it started. And I, I like to think of that often because it's like you said, whether you have 10 minutes, whether you're just doing a plank while your baby's laying underneath you, like whatever it is, I hope one day whenever I have my kids that I can um, continue that through. But I think it's a good mindset shift. It's like moms don't have to think that there's so much pressure to get something enormous done. It's just one little step at a time. Absolutely. Absolutely. I love that. I just love that so much. And I love your quote that just encapsulates everything I feel. I love it. Yeah. I, I like to carry that around with me. That's And it goes for anything. <laughs> it goes for yes. I mean, that applies to like every facet of life. It truly does. That's amazing. Yeah. So um, back to you being a mom. So who made you a mama? Um, well, my daughter made me a mama. Um, her name's Emma. So she is just over two. Um, she's just 
an incredible, incredible little babe. You know, she's, I say, um, she's my favorite. And then I always say daughter. I have to add because now I have a son. So <laughs> I've always just said, you're my favorite. And then and now, I, now I add, she's my favorite daughter because <laughs> I have a favorite son now too. And then we have a dog. So I have a favorite dogder because there's, <laughs> the, you know, we have, those are three different variables here, right? Um, they're all my kids, obviously, but my, uh, my birth child, um, because, you know, my, who truly made me a mom would be obviously my daughter, the dog, you know, that just doesn't really count if we're going to be honest, but (laughs) she's just, she's so amazing and she makes life fun. She grabs dumbbells with me. She's very helpful and it's just awesome. I love being a mom. It's so amazing and it's fun. And don't get me wrong. There are hard days. There are hard days, hard moments. There are trying times. But every single day I try to reflect on something that was good. So one thing about becoming a mom and being a mom that I took in my first year is every single day after she went to bed, I sat down and wrote something great about that day. It didn't matter if it was a lesson we learned. It didn't matter if maybe that was the day she learned to crawl, the day she learned to say something, um, something just she got to meet someone for the first time. That was like the epiphany moment that I had. I needed to find something great in every single day because being a mom can be very difficult at times, but it can also be very rewarding and forcing yourself to look at the rewarding pieces through every single day. Just they're awesome. So it made me really, really appreciate every great side. And I take that with me always now is find all the great out of every day. So before she goes to bed every night, I say, you know what my favorite part about today was, and then I'll fill in the blank with. Um, now it's something along the lines of she did something with her brother or the amount of joy that the two of them giggle with one another just makes my heart so full and it's awesome it's amazing it's having kids is one of the most beautiful things that is for sure I love that idea and I think um, that's a good one for me to keep in mind it's a nice reflective moment so what was pregnancy like did it take you a long time to get pregnant with Emma and what was that all like Um, getting pregnant really wasn't, um, that difficult, I would say. However, my husband and I never really put that type of pressure on ourselves. Um, we are very lucky and I've, I've always said that, um, because our big thing was, let's say, you know, hopefully we can get pregnant and, um, you know, maybe in a year from now we have to revisit this. We have to revisit this. We're not going to put any pressure on ourselves and we're just going to say, when the timing's right, the timing's right. That was our mentality the whole time um, in hopes that everything would be on our side because we know that's not true for so many friends, family. Um, and so it was just one of those things that was like, let's just see where this road takes us. And it felt, it felt very nice that um, after, you know, just after a few short months that we got that positive test. And it was funny because I was questioning, could I be pregnant? Could I not? My husband was like, you're pregnant. You're definitely pregnant, Corey. And I said, (laughs) are you sure? He literally goes to the store and he goes, you're pregnant. You're taking a test right now. You're going to tell me you're pregnant. And he was right. He was very correct. And it's just so funny because it was like just the little things. I was like, well, this hurts. My stomach aches. This just weird things. And I'm so in tune with my health that I'm very aware when something shifts. And he's like, yeah, that's why I told you, you were pregnant. I knew it. And so it was very, it was very nice um, to just kind of have that ease because that was definitely something that I was fearful of. And I know it can be scary to be talked about. Um, And just because I didn't go through the struggles myself does not mean that it was not something that I ever worried because truly I've been touched indirectly so many ways that that was something that did wear and tear on me for a while before we knew that we were ready to start trying that I was fearful of what, what if, you know, and, um, and it's, it's, it's hard. So I was really thankful when it happened. And when I was pregnant with my daughter, I had a really easy pregnancy. I didn't get sick. Um, other than after, before my first ultrasound, I maybe ran two miles on the elliptical after I drank 50 ounces of water. Um, but that has nothing to do with sickness, right? Oh, wait, 
I threw up because I was working out too hard. <laughs> um, that's the only time I got sick when I was pregnant with her. And I was, I, that my first pregnancy, everything was just so incredibly easy. And I will forever be so thankful for that. And what about her birth? Was that the same? Uh, her birth was pretty easy as well. Um, I started getting anxious. My doctor was like, oh, you probably will go early because of how fit and how active you are. And so at 38 weeks, I was like, okay, I could probably go now. Okay, I'm still not going. I delivered at 39 and six, so one day shy of my due date. Mm -hmm. um, and I just was anxiously awaiting. Nothing happened until um, all of a sudden I got got contractions, real contractions. And that first time you just have no idea what you're looking for. You have no idea what delivery, what you, it's like, what's going to happen. Is your water going to break? And contractions happened for me. I just finished my workout. I went upstairs. I showered. I walked downstairs and I went, I had a contraction. My husband and I went for almost a mile walk. Our friend was over and was like, I'm going to drive the car next to you. You, you're, you're in labor. <laughs> you can't go for a walk. And I was like, no, my doctor said, if I go into labor, labor starts, walk, it'll encourage labor. I want to meet my baby. We also <laughs> didn't know the gender. We didn't know the gender for either of our kids. Um, oh. So it was like, I need to know, do I have a boy or do I have a girl? And who yeah. is this human being that I've been dying to meet? And we were convinced my daughter was uh, a boy. So it oh. was really funny because I went for a walk and then, um, I went through and tried really hard to go through. I said, I didn't, I don't want an epidural. I don't want an epidural. And then, uh, I kept throwing up and throwing up and throwing up and throwing up <laughs> until I just started crying because it hurt so bad. And I was like, Oh, I'm failing. And my husband's like, you're doing whatever you want to do. If you want the epidural, you get it. If you don't, you don't. And I finally had this moment of like, he's right. I need to just be comfortable. So um, it was this thing. And I think sometimes we hear about so many people having a natural delivery and all these things. And I put myself into the standard that I needed to do that. And then I thought, I'm so uncomfortable right now. And I cannot even think about pushing out a baby because I cannot stop throwing up. And after talking with him and the nurses, I decided, let's get an epidural. I relaxed. They turned off the lights for me and said, take a nap, turn the lights back on half an hour later and said, push. And out came my daughter. And it was the most amazing thing. Cause like I said, I thought she was a boy and my husband helped delivered. Um, he's a, a firefighter paramedic. So, um, the doctor helped uh, said he could help deliver. So she let him deliver the baby and you know, he pulls her out and, it was just the most amazing thing as um, baby was being set on me. It's a girl. And I never felt anything more perfect in my entire life. And it's a crazy, I thought I was having a boy and here was this girl and she was more perfect than I could have ever imagined. It was truly magical. Oh, so sweet. Yeah. And so did you dive into working out right away? What did that look like for you? So my first pregnancy, um, I didn't have the education that I have now. So my first pregnancy, um, my doctor was like, you know, you're in really good health. Um, we had talked before I had delivered kind of about a little bit of a plan. And, um, she said, I was with, uh, you know, after I'd gotten cleared, she was like, um, or cleared to go home right after delivery. I asked her if I could start working out, um, before my official six week visit. And she told me that was okay. So I did go in for um, a, a little bit of a, a rude awakening, if you will, because I decided to take things a little too aggressively. Um, I work, started working out at three weeks postpartum and I was fine. I, I learned now that some of the things I did were not so great because I wrote everything down back then um, in terms of what I did. And I found out that actually after my first delivery, I was not, I was not as good to my body as I thought it was. And I thought getting back into exercise and doing those things was right. And I hurt, I hurt for a couple months because of that. Um, and then I obviously got the clear at six weeks and, um, 
I learned pretty heavily that my body was not ready to run at five weeks postpartum. And my body was not ready to plank because I did not know how to re-engage my core properly and all these things. Um, so that was really hard to realize that I was nowhere near where I was nine months, 10 months prior. And I went about it the wrong way. So that's actually what propelled me to um, become prenatal and postnatal certified because I needed to be able to help other moms. And just because I'm a certified personal trainer does not mean that I understand the scope of what certain specialty areas are, uh, you know, broken down into without getting the education. Right. Especially because the mom body after you've given birth is just so different. Oh, it's so fragile. It's so different. And, um, you know, like I said, being four, almost five months postpartum now with my second child. I can tell you that I'm stronger, so much stronger right now than I was then um, at the point, you know, with my first pregnancy versus my second pregnancy. But it's amazing the difference in the approach that I've taken and the ability in which I have been able to now amplify and take up my exercises to a whole nother level through this second postpartum phase. So I'm really glad that I took that step back. I'm just so glad I took the step back to learn from that. Yeah. So if you were to compare the two, then what are some things that you learned from the first postpartum that you then put into action for your second postpartum? So the biggest things are that, um, like any type of plank variation, anything that is putting stress on the core is really not great for your body. It's not great for recovery and it will actually be damaging long-term. And I was thinking like every mom, I just had a baby and then I'm a few weeks later and I'm like, okay, I just had a baby. I should be able to now bounce back and right. Got to get your belly back. Oh yes. We hear that term bounce back, bounce back. We don't need to bounce back. We need to develop into the mom and the body that we were supposed to be and appreciate what our body is. And that doesn't mean that you can't be a rock and mom with a six pack ab. But it doesn't mean that that needs to happen now because it truly is impossible to come back and have six pack abs a week after you had a baby, right? Unless you're some sort of superhuman form. Um, I'm right. sure there's a woman out there who could prove me wrong in that, but I would say that's one in a million. <laughs> so <Yeah. laughs> we're talking six people on this earth maybe could fit into that bill, but um I, it was learning that I needed to take a step back and actually rebuild and learn how to re-engage and activate my core, um, my glutes even. So those are huge things and to work on in pregnancy, but they're also really important to keep tying in into postpartum because you hear about moms who have leaking, they pee their pants, they can't jump, they can't do jumping jacks. Don't even talk to them about thinking about going to... Um, an adventure park that has trampolines. And it actually starts with the pelvic floor health, um, the core and the glute engagement. And all of that is so much more important to leave the, the planks, the jumping jacks, the running, the push-ups, all things that I did in my first pregnancy or my first postpartum that I left out for my second postpartum that now at four months I am doing with flying colors with no issues not a question. There's no leaking, none of those things. And there's no concerns. I have zero discomfort. I was uncomfortable for so many months because I pushed my body way too far in my first postpartum. Whereas my second postpartum, the comfort I felt almost immediate. I didn't run or do any of those things until 12 weeks. But the moment that I started doing those things, I never once have felt uncomfortable or pushed in the wrong ways. And that's from taking the right building steps and saying, it's okay to take a step back, create the foundational pieces that make the largest impact, the priority, and let everything else follow. And sometimes it's really humbling and hard as a mom to say like, I'm gonna accept this new body I have, and it's okay because I'm gonna get into this routine and then it's gonna be fine. But we have to realize as moms that our routine is always changing as our kids grow, which means our workout routine can always change as our kids grow and as our life grows, 
which means you may start with just doing um, belly pumping and transverse abdominis breathing for the first month after you get a clear from your doctor, if that's the route you want to take. And then a month later, you may decide, okay, I can pick up weights. And that's okay because you're always going to change your routine. Your kid's going to all of a sudden be sleeping 15 minutes one day. And then the next day, they're going to sleep for three hours at a time. And then yeah. it's going to go back to a half an hour. So being flexible and knowing that it's okay to learn from that first time for me, but also knowing that it's always going to transition and change and that's going to always be great. So the two exercises that you mentioned, even if you start doing belly pumping, you said, and what was the other one? Um, transverse abdominis breathing. Okay. So do you have videos on your Instagram about that or can you explain what those are? Yeah. So if you actually go to my Instagram page, um, I have a portion on transverse abdominis breathing. I even have a full broken down IGTV video of exactly how to do it, whether you're sitting down, um, when you're driving, you can do it. If you're laying on your back, because we know most mamas love once they have that baby, they can finally lay on that back again. You can be kneeling, yeah. standing. Um, I give a full breakdown, but essentially a quick idea of what it is, is it's taking a big breath in. So you want to take a really big inhale in through your nose, fill your entire belly, and then you want to exhale, a strong exhale. You make a sound. So um, whether you want to sound like you're making more of a T or a snake sound and you actually exhale. So then you pull everything out of your belly. So all out of your diaphragm, you push all that air out as you pull your core in and you actually lift up your pelvic floor at the end of that. So, um, uh, and that's something that's good. Okay. And healthy to do right after it's good and healthy to do the entire pregnancy immediately postpartum as well as as well as all of postpartum. So it's really important to be continually doing. Um, it's also incredible for those expectant mamas or those, those women who are looking to conceive because the sooner you actually learn how to engage your core and your pelvic floor, the more success that you're going to have throughout your entire pregnancy, the easier it will then also become postpartum as well. So the earlier you start, the better. Um, it's such a foundational piece because if you learn how to breathe properly and activate your core, it may not, um, you know, if you're in, in pregnancy, it's not necessarily going to never guarantee that you will never get an abdominal se um, separation, also known as diastasis recti. However, it will allow you to actually bring those pieces better, uh, back together better in a postpartum phase. So learning how to do that um, in pre-pregnancy, during pregnancy is going to um, minimize the amount of separation. And then in postpartum, it's going to help bring those pieces back together much more quickly. Um, and without this foundational piece, a lot of people talk about the mom pouch. So if you're even like 10 years postpartum, let's say, and you're like, oh, I've got this mom pouch, you most likely are not actually activating um, your entire abdominal cavity which means your whole rectus abdominis, your transverse abdominis, you're not activating all of that because you are not actually utilizing your breath properly and squeezing and engaging your core while you're using your breath to allow yourself to do that. That's awesome. Yeah. It's a very extensive um, thing. And it sounds so basic when you're like, Oh, it's just a breathing exercise. But um, I've actually had so many clients that um, e even men that have benefited from it um, so much. Well, it almost seems too like it could be like a little meditative practice. If you just did, you know, three minutes, five minutes, you know, in bed before you got up or in bed before you went to sleep, you know. Exactly. And that's the thing is um, being a postpartum mom, the mom needs to take time to appreciate herself. She needs to stop and say, it's okay to spend three minutes right now doing this. And it's never about how many times. So you don't want to think about repetitions. It's about time. Like you're saying the three minutes, that's perfect. Just saying, I'm going to sit here for three minutes as a postpartum mom, you probably have your phone on you because you're up for so many hours and you always have something yeah. to keep you engaged and stimulated. So you may click your phone and say, I'm going to set a timer really quick for three minutes. I'm going to lay here, do some of these breathing exercises, and then I can move on and know I did something for me today because it's so important for the mom to show up for herself. 
Now, how have you noticed, so now you obviously have two kids that you're running around with, and I'm sure that there was a change in workout and in your lifestyle, of course, with adding the second, but how has your healthy lifestyle changed from before you were a mom, then now into a mom? And I'm sure it's even changed from one child to two, but how has that changed all encompassing workout diet, everything. Absolutely. So, um, before kids, when it was just my husband and I, um, uh, when he, so he works 24 to 48 hours at a time, just depending. Um, so I used to honestly be able to just make meals for myself really frequently. So, um, I, a lot of people contact me and are like, Oh, I don't really know how to eat one meal. Great. Cause I can tell you how to eat for one. And I can tell you how to eat for a family because I'm about to walk you through right now how I've done that. (laughs) I used to literally have to make myself my own meals, breakfast, lunch, dinner for just me every third day. Um, and sometimes two days in a row, depending if he was on a 48 at that point. And, um, I would just, I would make things a lot more intricate. I was able to do more recipes. I was able to do more exciting things, I guess you could say. Um, I'm just trying to think of some of the things that I would do. Like I would meal prep then I would, even if I was just home alone um, or if I was, you know, um, you know, corporate world, things like that. And then my workouts were, I could wake up as early as I wanted and I could get my workout in because I worked out in the morning and that's what I did. So I worked out in the morning. That's what I did. There was no question. I rarely ever left my workout for night. And that was only if I was originally planning it for, to be a rest day. And then I felt really great that night and said, I want to get a workout in and then shifted my workout, uh, my rest day to get my workout in that day. So then, um, obviously then having one kid, it was like, Oh, well, obviously my husband's still gone the same amount of time, but I have to cook now for two. So I make simple meals with my daughter. It's always become simple meals. That was the biggest shift. So there was no 10 ingredient, 16 spices, um, three different things. And (laughs) yeah. And most people would be like, Oh, so you probably want to use the same meal prepping idea because I would just be able to make like, um, let's say some sort of uh, fancy meats, like a, um, a big stir fry or something with a ton of ingredients. And I would portion it out with different types of things in there. And that's what I used to have. And I would eat that for four days that week or something. And then after having kids, I didn't have time to make that big bulk. I didn't have time to sit there and make all this food into a huge meal. So what I do now, um, and I basically done the same thing. Um, I've just, added into more food, but I found a lot more simple things. So finding ingredients like, um, Trader Joe's makes turkey burgers that are minimal ingredients. There's, I think it's two ingredients in there. It's, um, calorically friendly. It is macronutrient friendly. I mean, on every facet, it's a great, it's a great burger, right? I can throw that in a skillet on the stove and I can, um, have a burger for me really fast and get a great amount of protein. I think it's like 23 grams and I can make one for me and one for my daughter. And then if she eats half, I can take the other half and save it for the next day. And then Mm. when I make something like quinoa, I make quinoa for the entire week, but I don't ever portion it out into like, I'm going to eat quinoa with this, this day. I always just have very basic things. So whether it's like that burger or tofu, or I really like tempeh, um, different sources of protein. I always have uh, microwavable veggies on hand so I can just do steam. I I don't have to prep anything. So I basically changed it from, you know, putting this pressure on myself to have everything prepared and laid out for myself pre-kids to now it is... I put everything into make bulk when you can and fit it into a meal in some way, shape or form when you go to eat it. So uh, having the essentials on hand, but having the easy stuff, the microwavable stuff, but the really clean stuff. Um, and then the workouts when it comes to kids has just been fit it in, fit it in when you can working out first thing in the morning, never happens for me ever anymore. Unless it is a day that I am gone from the house before five o'clock in the morning for clients. Um, 
that's the only time I will ever get a morning workout in now. It's, it's impossible because sometimes you can be up till 11 o'clock midnight. And if your kid gets up at six, you don't want to wake up at 4.30 or five to get your workout in, especially at the age where my kids are at that I know my son is going to nap. My daughter does not nap. So I can get my daughter to sit down and watch TV for a little bit and I can get my workout in. So I've just had to become very flexible to say, okay, here's my non-negotiables. And then, um, I have in my basement, a treadmill and elliptical. So sometimes I do like to get, um, I'm not a treadmill, a bike and an elliptical. Um, and I do like to get a little bit of cardio in every once in a while, just straight cardio, no weights. So on those types of days, I actually do that after bedtime. And it's, Crazy to think because I was the anti-nighttime workout person and that was a really hard shift for me mentally after having kids, even just my daughter, because I operate on their schedule. I, it is right. what works for them. And I realized I needed to stop. I put this pressure on myself. I need to get my workout first thing. And then I realized that was actually putting me in, into a bad place mentally. So I found that saying it's okay. And if I work out after they go to bed or, or if you know what it's 11 o'clock and I'm tired that day it's okay to go to bed it's okay if you're working out three days in the week and you're a mom you need to give yourself a pat on the back you need to be proud yeah. that you showed up for yourself three different times and that you are sitting there raising human beings being an amazing human being yourself and you are still showing up for yourself. You do not need to go to the gym every day. You do not need to get a workout in every day. And it's making that shift and telling yourself that what you're doing is still incredible with what you have and appreciating that and making that mind shift from no kids to kids can be really hard. But once you do it, it's so rewarding. Well, I think it's going to be interesting whenever that day comes for myself and my husband because we are very, fit, healthy people. Um, he is so set in his ways with what he eats that actually we don't even really cook the same food together. We kind of cook our own food mm -hmm. and you know, he is so regimented. He can eat the same thing every day, all day. And I can't, I just need some sort of variety. Yeah. But he was recently saying to me, you know, I think you have to be a little bit careful because sometimes you're getting so wrapped up in your recipes, kind of like you said, with all these <laughs> ingredients that, you know, I'm adding extra stress into my day and I don't even have kids yet. Um, and so I think keeping it simple is helpful for even those of us without kids. But then it's also interesting because with the workout as well, I mean, yeah, sometimes I'll be at the gym. I mean, I live in New York City, so it's a little bit of a different lifestyle, but I'll go to the gym at sometimes 10, 11 o'clock at night. Um, my husband will go even later, which I can't do. But um, for me, that's what's working now. And it's just a matter of getting it in and, and feeling good about it. And I always feel better when I'm done. But I think that's a good thing for me to remember when my life does change to become a mom is just it's not necessarily going to look like that. And whatever it is, it's okay. I was actually talking to one of my best friends the other day and she was saying that, you know, it's so hard because I put my son down to sleep and then it's 8 30, 9 o'clock at night. And I think, do I want to go do a workout or do I just want to sit on my couch and snuggle with my husband? <laughs> you know? Mm -hmm. And it's that that challenge. Um, which, you know, I think is great. If you want to sit on the couch and snuggle with your husband, that's amazing. But maybe like one or two days out of the week, you don't, and you make a chance, um, you make the choice to do a little bit of a workout. Um, my one la uh, last question I had specifically about fitness was what, have you done any yoga and what are your thoughts about yoga postpartum? Um, I have done yoga. Um, I have not actually done much yoga this postpartum. Um, I love yoga. However, I do think that, um, it needs to be taken carefully, right? Because there are still so many poses and um, movements to be careful of. So a lot of yoga um, can be in plank. Yeah, the twisting. Yeah, a lot and, of plank um, positions. Um, and I was just going to say, 
the biggest thing with diastasis recti, so the ab separation, no twisting, no twisting at all. That will actually mm. cause further damage. So if you are working um, with someone who is certified within, um, you know, the postnatal mom, most prenatal postnatal certifications generally come together because they're so intertwined. Um, if, if your yogi, if you will, your yoga instructor um, has that idea, awesome. However, it's something to be tread very lightly around because it can be very dangerous still. It's not just the mainstream workouts that we have to be, you know, worrisome of. Um, there's a lot of movements in yoga that can also still be damaging. So a lot of people just want to jump back in and they pay for it years later. Um, and that's not just in yoga. I know people who do CrossFit and things like that. And it's great to work out, but it's much better to be kind to yourself and respect yourself for those first few months. So you can jump back because making that small change right now in that the initial postpartum phase will pay off tenfold for years and years and years to come. If you are too eager and want to get back into an aggressive form of yoga or workout in any form, um, that can harm you for years and years and years to come. So that's why that initial, honestly, six months postpartum is really, really, really vital. It's sacred. It's your body's going through a lot and um, your body can actually be up to eight months. You can have loose ligaments. Um, so you can actually overstretch. You can strain your body so much more easily because your body's worked so heavily on loosening up um, to prepare yourself for delivery and to hold that baby within your growing body. And that doesn't go away overnight. Those relaxing hormones don't allow your body to just spring right back you have eight full months until you can actually return uh, back to where you were. So, so there's a lot to be mindful of um, those, those first few months, but um, yoga is generally great after that um, core breathing has been really nailed down um, and that there is no form of diastasis recti or ab separation going on at all. Right. Yeah. So I know we haven't talked too much about your little ones, but I really wanted this episode to be more focused on the mom um, because I know that there are a lot of moms out there who are listening who are either beating themselves up for not doing enough or um, anxiously knowing that they're going to have a baby and then don't know what they're going to do or any of that stuff. And once again, like I said, if you're listening, check out Corey on Instagram at Corey Teresi Fitness um, because. I just think that you're the most relatable and I think it's really awesome. So the only other thing I want to ask to dive a little bit into your little ones is my favorite question, which is what is something that you would like to tell your kids and leave with them for when they're 18? Um, so I think the biggest thing is um, letting them know that they're amazing human beings. Um, I think that's really important to teach your kids, obviously your whole way through, but, um, and teaching them that they are their own power. And that is the tool that I always want them to know. So they're their own power within, um, their mental state. And if, if for some reason that, that they're mentally beating themselves up, that they have the power to reach out and to know that I'm always here for them. And, um, maybe if they, you know, they wanted to incorporate fitness a little bit more, they have the power to choose to do that. If they're very passionate about something in life, they have the power to stand up and fight for what they believe in. Um, I really think teaching power and, and that their ability and their impact is really important because I think they need to know that what they do as an individual is very impactful in this world and it is powerful. So um, I, I definitely want to teach power to, to my kids. I think that's their impact and, and, and what, um, empowerment can do for them. Well, and I think it's really funny that that was your choice because basically I feel like this entire episode, you've been just trying to encourage other moms that they are their own power. <laughs> <laughs> I guess, yeah, I guess when you say that, um, it's kind of like my business card, it says, um, 
uh, lifestyle changes, uh, one habit at a time. And it's not about um, that feeling like you need to empower yourself to do, you know, run the marathon. It's about saying, we're going to, we're going to empower ourselves to just feel good today and work out today. And if in a year from now you decide you want to do that marathon, it's about empowering yourself right now and where you're at and meeting yourself with where you are currently to find the success on your own path. Right. So, um, everybody has that ability to do so. So I love, I love that I can, that you've gotten that message and that I feel that I can empower people because that's my whole mission. I just want people to feel like they can be the best version of themselves and appreciate the amazing person that they really are. I think you've found your second slogan. You are your own finding your second slogan is finding your own power. (laughs) Yeah, I love it. I'm definitely going to have to take that one. (laughs) <laughs> add, it, add it to the website. Yes, I love it. <laughs> so if those listening want to go check out, which I highly recommend on Instagram, you can check out Corey, which is C-O-R-E-Y-T-E-R-E-S-I fitness. And the same for her website, CoreyTeresiFitness.com. And all of those links will be in the show notes so you can find her there and follow up. And I'm just so grateful. This was a really interesting episode for me, especially thinking ahead and planning ahead. And I know even with me without kids, I can beat myself up for not doing certain things. But us ladies, we just need to take it a step back and be grateful for what we're accomplishing as women. And uh, I think you're right on it. You are your own power. So mama's out there, you are your own power. Reach out to Corey if you want her guidance. And thank you so much for chatting this morning. This is just, I hope, really inspiring and empowering for mamas. Thank you so much for having me. This was awesome. The Pumping Podcast is a podcast for moms and by moms. And I am your host. I'm not yet a mama. I'm a mama in training. If you're enjoying what you hear, please take a minute on iTunes to subscribe, rate, and review so more mamas out there can find us and listen along while they're pumping or breastfeeding. If you'd like to be a guest and share your story, email me at thepumpingpodcast at gmail.com. You can also email me if you have any questions for any of my guests, and I will reach out, get those answers, and relay them to you in a follow-up episode. A big thank you to my friends Ashley and Kelly for the use of their baby's laughter, and my dear friend Erin Adams for writing my gorgeous theme song. You can follow along on Instagram at The Pumping Podcast, and go ahead and share the podcast with a mama you know. Until next time, keep on pumping. What is